0: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of The Two Tones. Tony DiBolfo. How are you, Tone? Uh, good. Myself, Tony moclair Episode, episode 11. 11.
1: One of my favourite numbers, Tone. Would you care to rattle off some of your favourites in 1-1? One, one? Come on, the great old Spaulding, B-Duel. Oh, uh, B-Duel. yes. of course. yes. And, and I, um, <coughs> I, for the record, should get this right, the late Laurie Kerr, who I suggested wore nine a couple of weeks ago, actually wore number 11, and... Um, how he would have been happy looking down on his grandson Patrick making his senior debut for the Blues on Sunday it was probably one of the few shining lights in an otherwise forgettable uh, afternoon, Tone. Indeed, it was. Uh, it was a long, painful afternoon
0: for Carlton supporters. Let's be honest about that. The, well, three quarters of it was. We were in it till the first quarter, but I'd never actually realised this before, Tone. What twists the knife even more is when your opposition is just raining goals. The quarters go longer.
1: They do so trend. that
0: that final siren would just not come, and uh, I, I don't know where we start. We're not going to we're not going to dwell on this. We know Bolts has asked the players to uh, seriously think about this game. Um, we're going to cover it off now, but there's not really not really that many highlights to uh, to highlight.
1: I I know you're thinking, Tone, because there were moments, I have to admit, last week where I was uh, thinking of the mercy rule and whether it could Mm. be invoked uh, halfway through the third quarter. I thought we were probably flattered on the scoreboard by Melbourne early. uh, Melbourne were all over us and, and perhaps didn't take its chances at that point of the game. But I think after half-time when the first two goals were kicked in pretty rapid succession by the Demons...
0: I think in just over a minute. It
1: just over it just yeah. completely fell away. And um, as the coach, um, you know, uh, suggested in no uncertain terms afterwards, that's the sort of performance thats uncarlton un-Carlton-like and, it, and cannot be accepted. So uh, it's a question of how the team reacts this week. That's the most important thing down at the Cattery.
0: Well, yes, we'll get to previewing that in a moment, but um, if we just cover off a a few things that we did see, you did mention Pat Kerr's debut.
1: Lovely to see Patrick Kerr out there, his first game for the Carlton Football Club. Um, He's looking fine-fedly. I had an opportunity to speak to him uh, prior to the match, and um, he's a lovely fellow, Patrick, and he was talking about how he he had basically uh, changed his body shape, you know, to... uh, uh, to come to terms with the rigors of senior league football. And, um, he
0: looks like a big unit.
1: He's a big unit, all yeah. right. And um, it was lovely to see him out there. And um, I, I actually had the opportunity to, to photograph him and his father, and members of the Kerr clan afterwards for posterity. I know his grandmother, Vivian, number one female uh, ticket holder of the Carlton Football Club, was at the game to see her grandson play. So the Kers have been a, a, a magnificent Carlton clan. And, um, and it was great to see... History in the making again with Patrick Kerr running out for the old dark navy blues. And what I really like about Patrick Kerr tone is that because of his um, his background, his family history, he has a great empathy for the Carlton story, and he and he is interested in the history of the club. And um, it's always been a pleasure for me to talk to him uh, because he has that empathy for for the uh, the, the Carlton club, and he's uh, blue true and true.
0: Well, we just hope he's um, all here for that. The journey that we're all on, the, the journey of a thousand miles, it does seem, there is the odd pothole along the way, let's always remember that. Tone, you were there at the ground in another capacity.
1: I was indeed, Tone. I, I had the great uh, um, pleasure of actually um, conducting the first Boundary by Blue tour, which was actually... Uh, a very leisurely lap of the boundary line of the Melbourne Cricket Ground, um, probably about three quarters of an hour before the first bounce, I actually um, uh, took around um, a gentleman named James Price and his two children, Charlie and Pippa, and we took that sentimental journey around the boundary line, revisiting great moments in time, and if you think about the Carlton story um, what a glorious story it is uh, predominantly at the Melbourne Cricket Ground um, you think about uh, what's happened in the past 15 of 16, Carlton, 16 of Carlton's premierships have been won at that ground the bloodbath was won here yeah but to celebrate moments in time like, um, you know, the Jezelenko mark on the on the wing and, uh, you know, the, by the, the Sir Edward Hopkins Memorial Interchange Bench, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to walk in uh, in the shadows of where Skinny Lappin took mark of the year, Aww. you know, against Essendon, where, where Andrew Walker flew and where Sylvani flew. Yeah. Um, just great to revisit these moments. You know, the Harms lunge and thump to Ken Sheldon in 79. It was a nice moment, Tone, when we were traversing the boundary and... Um, there was someone from the air on the AFL member side. Hey, Tony! And I looked around, and it was uh, Luke Livingston, Libby, ah. forty-six, game yeah. great, the boy from Kerrang with his two kids uh, lovely. taking their places in the uh, stands. They came down and were photographed with uh, the Price family. It was just a lovely moment. We got around to um, uh, to see Jeff Southby ring the, the old time bell. Yeah, uh, and then we saw the players run out from from on the on the deck, and it was just a, a magnificent moment. Um, and um, you know, to, to James and the, and the Price Clan, uh thank you for the opportunity to take you around. It was a great privilege. And I hope that I might be able to um, afford other Carlton members the same service of taking them on that very sentimental journey of the, the paddock that grew. Um,
0: now, uh, look, Livingston. Of course, wore well, the number four for the Carlton Football Club. If he you did, don't he mind, did, he did, it's indeed. a very that's a very uh, prestigious number. Tone, how do we get uh, boundary by blue tickets? Well,
1: those that may be interested could contact the club. I'm sure through the uh, the, uh, the membership department. I would have thought um, uh, there's probably. Another opportunity, maybe two uh, for tours later in the year at the MCG. So, those interested, please feel free to contact the club, and, and we'll see if we can accommodate you on that um, on that wonderful, wonderful walk of uh, the old ground at Jollymont.
0: Now, um, one thing before I get your votes for the uh, for Saturday's game, I, 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 my explanation that the boys were just so. Fixated and preoccupied by the upcoming Royal Wedding that maybe they just forgot the basics of structure and skill. But I want to know, can you explain this? Because I was watching it and I didn't quite understand it. Um, Harry's uh, set shot on goal where he kicked the ball into Gorn and I thought, well, it's just not going to go our way. But then there was some sort of reversal... And he, was he given a 50-metre penalty? He was indeed. Can you I explain I,
1: that? I, I can only presume that Max Gorn encroached over the mark. Okay. And so uh, was pulled back to the to the goal line. Um, that, but it's the only explanation I can give that that, that Harry had a shot. Yeah. Gorn uh, encroached over the, over the mark and um, was promptly penalised 50 metres.
0: I will say, I mean, one thing that came out of... Uh, Uh, Saturday, um, Harry's ability to clunk them is Levi-esque.
1: Well, well, it is. Uh, Although, you know, you would have to say perhaps another year or two in the gym is going to certainly help uh, Harry's cause. But, yeah, look, you're right. The the way he can clunk them, but also I love the way he moves and he's he's a very, very good kick for goal. He's got a a beautiful, fluent kicking action. And when he's got it, you actually fancy him, you know, with it, that he's going to, you know... He's got to lodge the six points for the for the team. Um, you know, you get glimpses of players like Harry McCain, Fisher, you know, yeah. Paddy Dow and, and O'Brien. Um, I suppose we're seeing glimpses. We're not seeing, you know, four quarters to be yeah. expected, uh, you know, players of these tender years. Um, and I must admit, when I was watching the game, you know, it, it, to me it seemed like boys to men because, you know, yeah. you, you look at the Melbourne midfield and Fellows like, you know, Bernie Vincent, Petrarca and Lewis, uh, Jack Viney back first game. Yeah. They're, they've got a fairly hard edge to them, that midfield. And, yeah. um we're, We've got quite a young, a young core around, around the ball. Admittedly, Paddy Cripps is a contested ball and all, but um, losing Ed Cuno I think, really hurt uh, at the weekend. We did yeah. all our hard nuts around the footy up and running. So, uh, thankfully, we get Ed back this week.
0: Uh, I'm into that. He really, his loss really did stick out in that kind of uh, kind of torrid struggle, yes. where he just would have, you know, come to the fore and served Carlton brilliantly. Um, Tone, I'm just going to uh, before we get to the votes, um, a moment that stands out to me: <laughs> uh, Daisy getting knocked to the ground like a jack in a box, straight
1: back up. Well, actually, how it's do you great like that? Point. It was it was it was pretty impressive, and it was I, I must say. Um, it's been hard to find positive press anywhere uh, with, outside these walls through the course of 2018 tone. But credit where critics due, I, um, I saw one of the programs, may have been on the Seven Network this week, where where Dale Thomas was commended for, for doing just that, springing back to his feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, the didn't stage for made, the free. Didn't, didn't stage yep, for free. Yeah. And, and all power to Dale Thomas. He, he, took the, he took the knock. He got up straight away and, and butted up for the next c- contest. He's had a great year. Yeah. And, and we need players like him leading the way. Um, all, all power to Daisy. That was a, a great moment, I thought, in the game. One yeah. One of the few. It, it, well, true. But it, it just
0: really stood out. I thought that's, that's who he is. Mm. Um, Tone, you have the onerous job. Uh, as you do week in week out, some weeks are harder than others, and I imagine this week is possibly the hardest you've had all year. Nonetheless, let's not uh, dwell on it. The three, two, ones, please for the Carlton Melbourne game. Melbourne beating Carlton by 109 points.
1: Thank you very much, Tony. Well, I gave one vote to a you know a, a, a play that probably doesn't get. Um, the plaudits uh, of others uh, his contemporaries and that was Nick Graham a fellow yeah. that, you know who's been called up uh, yeah. and has had to really do it the hard way he spent a lot of t- time in the seconds trying yep. to you know uh, eke his way to senior level and um, I, I thought he was commendable the way he went about his business and uh, worked hard for the team the man in question we just spoke about a moment ago Dale Thomas I gave two votes to him and yeah. he, he's he's uh, had a great year for the club his best year Obviously, since he's, uh, crossing, uh, f- of Elgin Street to the, to the Paris end of, um, <laughs> of and three votes I gave to, um, Patrick Cripps. I thought Patrick Cripps, you know, again, flew the f- flag. Yeah, poor old Murph, you know, um, looks like he suffered a relapse of the injury that kept him out for a month. Yeah. And, uh, Patrick Cripps obviously had, again, had to, um, you know, uh, carry the can, I suppose. And, uh, you know, his hardness of the ball is to be admired and, um, It was great to see him say through the course of the week that he wants to be committed to the club as a Carlton player. And uh, aren't we lucky that we've got him. um, A great great Carlton footballer, Patrick Cripps.
0: I would imagine if he did announce an intention to leave, uh, every Carlton member, all 50,000-odd-plus, would barricade the exit... At Icon Park, I would hope and prevent that from happening. You would be there, Tony. I with would your be pitchfork
1: and your oh, flamed with torch. and a burning,
0: burning stick. Exactly. Um, just um, uh, before we move on to previewing the Geelong game, Tony, Sir Swamp Thing, yes, a prognosticator he's not of a Swamp Thing. No, yeah, he knows what he's on about. Could you tell us um, who has taken the fewest games to rack up a thousand contested possessions?
1: Oh, oh. Well, if, it if
0: wouldn't you, be uh, one P. If you put
1: me on the spot but right I'd note. It's a swamp thing, so um, Mr. Patrick Cripps Esquire as the as the man.
0: How about that? In sixty-eight games it's taken him. Josh Kennedy, whoever he is,
1: uh 79. Incredible. It is incredible really when you think about it. You know, the thing I you know you do hope with Cripps is that you know with we need players like Kennedy and, and those hard nuts yeah. uh, and Kerno's the other one around the ball to lend support because um, my personal fear with Play like Patrick Cripps is that you know the way he plays that um, you know uh, does he have a finite time in the game yeah. because of it you know uh, so I think he as, as good as he is and, and he obviously relishes the contested ball um, we, we have to we have to be very mindful uh, of the physical toll that. That style of game exacts. Well,
0: you it? look at uh, how bedevilled uh, Koutafidis was with yes. injuries, and he not um, dissimilar style of play. He was just he was as physical mm. and just as athletic, mm. and mm. Uh, so yeah, that's something obviously that needs to be uh, well monitored. Very true. Just in terms of uh, injury tone, uh, Charlie Kuno tight quad. He's a test. We would imagine that he would play. Marchbank might be uh, after a bye next week. Um Levi, broken rib, still after the bye. And uh Alex Silvani, oh God, please, please, he's how far off?
1: Well, they're saying one week with the Achilles. Um you know, we talk about hard nuts, hard yeah. players and, and he's a he's a player that leads by example, you know. Uh, um, a player that really inspires and a player that really he, he, he really plays for keeps and um we have sorely missed his yeah. presence uh, across half back, no doubt about it. It would be great to see him back in the team, Tony, but more importantly, getting a consistent run at it because it seems, it's obviously so frustrating for him that yeah. just when he gets back, something else goes wrong. We just hope that he gets it right because we need him there and um, he's a very important player for the club.
0: Now, tone, history of sorts is being made next week when Carlton goes down to Cardinia Park. Mm-hmm. It's the first time in how many years? This, this I found amazing.
1: It's twenty-one years since Carlton Geelong last met at the venue, which is hard to believe. And um, uh, during the week, tone, I, I decided to uh, delve into the um, you know the annals of history and look at um, Carlton Geelong matches at Cardinia Park. And it rather staggered me that um, the first time the two teams played there, given that both Carlton and Geelong, you know, were 150 years old. First time they met at Kardinia Park was 1944. Wow. The reason being was that in '41, Geelong relocated from Corio Oval to to Kandina Park. Okay. That particular year, Carlton and Geelong met once, and it was here at Princess Park. So the opportunity to play at the grand was was lost. And then in 42 and 43, Geelong went into recess because of the Second World War. Um, in those days, uh, there was uh, restrictions on travel, even yeah. to play football. So obviously, Geelong were really caught out by uh, wartime regulations. So Ge- the club went into recess for 42 and 43, and it wasn't until 44 that Carlton and Geelong met for the first time at Cadinia Park. And the interesting thing about Cadinia Park and Carlton's record is that the current venues at which it plays... Cadenia Park is the only rec- is the only grand where Carlton has a superior win-loss ratio. Ah. It's uh, 23 wins from 42 starts. So uh, we, are, we are in the black at Cadinia Park. But it's really fascinating to go through some of the games that have been played down there. I, I, I took the liberty to look at those 42 games yeah. this week. It's so on the Carlton website. If Excellent, cartonfc.com.au.
0: Yes, thank
1: you. And um, some an amazing... Matches. Um, Stephen Kernahan kicked eight in a game down there the same day Peter Satori kicked seven. So that's probably that glory period. I think it was late 80s yep. that it happened. Um, we had a fellow whose name escapes me for Carlton now. I think his name was Rogers, fullback. back. Cop eight weeks at the tribunal for kicking Doug Wade, the Geelong Ooh. full forward. Um, other moments that have been interesting, I can. I was at this particular game in 1989, where when Gary Ablett Senior almost killed Wayne Johnson with a, with a with hip and shoulder, collected him under the armpit, and I think I was speaking speaking to Dominator the other night. Um, he. Received cracked ribs in that incident and and ruptured the lining of his spleen. Oh, um, uh, lost enormous quantities of blood uh, as a as a consequence and didn't play for about two months. Um, so there's been some really interesting um, uh, games down at at the Cattery. Um, not so sure that Saturday nights um, such a fair thing for Carlton people. It's interesting, Tone, when um, the comment goes up about. Um, the old Princess Park ground sort is of prospective AFL venue. Yeah, the the the, um, the knock on it always seems to be that uh, Carlton has outgrown the place, that uh, it plays in front of forty thousand plus um, crowds. Well, um, the ground formerly known as Kardinia Park has a capacity of thirty four thousand. Mm. So why why under on, on that basis is Carlton even venturing into uh, um, uh, the Geelong South region. Yeah,
0: it's a good point. And then you look at the, you know, the ratio of uh, hometown fans to visitors and it's obviously, it makes the place a cauldron.
1: It does, it does indeed. But, you know, I suppose we have to mount the argument that we're deserving of playing at bigger venues. And, and, you know, so uh, we at at, at this club have to start um, turning it around on on field to um, uh, mount... the claim for um, the the bigger places and, um, you know, may may it happen sooner rather than later time.
0: Well, yes, but we, uh, look, it's going to be a tough challenge. It's actually, you mentioned Gary Ablett's first game of his son uh, back in the Geelong jumper at Virginia Park this week. They're coming off a loss to Essendon. Yep. They are going to be fired up. Well, they are. Uh, Tommy Hawkins, uh, So I guess so long as... Tom Hawkins and the Kernos can keep their hands off the umpires. We'll have a
1: match. Well, yeah, that, that's true. And, and I would think they'd be in a reasonable frame of mind, the Kurnos too, Tone, because I would imagine that the Kurnos will make the trek to um, to the old Cadir background from Belbray, which yeah. is just up the road oh. uh, from the other, their hometown. So it'll be a nice, leisurely little drive for them um, down to the cattery from um, from the hometown of Belbrae.
0: Now, so uh, obviously they're back. That's going to change for the complexion of the side, um, well, as opposed to the one that played Melbourne. Um, Nonetheless... Adelaide and, sorry, uh, Geelong. And I'd uh, recommend anybody have a look at the Geelong uh, website. In terms of um, editorial slant, it it is exceedingly fair. I uh, was very impressed by their match preview of the game against Carlton. And they, uh, as you know, as they pointed out, they are primed, ready to go. And um, uh, unfortunately for Carlton, we might be meeting them at, well, uh, when they're... And they're loaded for bear, as they say.
1: That said, Tony, and I, I know where you're coming from, we, you would expect um, a, a, a Carlton team to come out, you know, with um, smoke emanating from their nostrils yes. this week after, you know, if, I don't know if you saw the uh, the footage of um, Coach Bolton at three-quarter time yeah. last week, but um, he didn't miss anyone. And um, so you'd like to think that, um, y- you know, the, the, um, the opportunity to atone – uh, will be taken, you know, and that, and that what we see this week is a committed showing through four quarters of a, of a Carlton team that, that runs out onto um, onto the old Geelong ground.
0: Now, are we going to see Murphy back or is he, uh, that injury is serious enough to have him sidelined again?
1: I think he's got to be in a little bit of bother. Um, yeah. You know, just hasn't unfortunately been able to um, get the, uh, the, the foot right, uh, so I suspect there'll be a change. We, we don't no, for sure yet but um, you know there's there's every chance that he may not take his place this week so yes there will be changes to the team obviously and um, whoever, whoever gets the call up for the 22 um, is just going to have to be on song and, and ready for this game because as you say in Geelong Carlton meets a, a, a really committed um, team on the rebound on their home dig so it, it's an enormous challenge to say the least
0: Just from a logistical point of view and tickets, um, how do you actually get... Into, I mean, I mean, do you need to contact the friendly neighbourhood scalper?
1: Do you know it's been twenty-one years? So who would know? <laughs> it's a great, it's a great well,
0: question. Go along to Bass or <laughs> Alan's
1: Music, and uh, or maybe get one there. They maybe the old days, you know, when they had the stubs and the members tickets stickers <laughs> yeah. you pull out and give to the bloke at the gate. You know, it's it's been a long time. You know, yeah. it's um, a, a funny thing in that story that I wrote about the history of. Indian Park. I rang Mark McClure. Yeah, because um, Mark McClure had some great, uh, you know, struggles down there. Uh, in actual fact, I could recall reading about games in the you know late seventies, early eighties where Mario Borrello had his measure playing as centre up back for Geelong, and of course yeah. Mario yes. would later see the light and play in two premierships for the Carlton Club. But I asked Mark McClure about. ...his thoughts on Cadillac Park and Geelong as he remembered. And he said, love the place, love playing there, it was a great ground. He said, but what I loved most was the bus trip down. And he uh. said, with the players. And he said, uh, yes, after a hard-earned win, there were the occasional beers to be had on the way home. He said, why not? He well, said, that was exactly. a way to be. And he said, it was a, there was a great camaraderie and a, and a real rapport amongst the players... Leaving the cart and ground en masse on the bus to uh, get down there, do the job, and, and celebrate a great win on the way home. So um, you can imagine what that would have been like. Wouldn't you love to be oh, on that geez. bus trip with Herobie- Perivic speak- and, and, and Sellers and oh, don't, don't. Alexander Marcoux and Palms? Oh. And- JB, oh, great those. days. All right. Uh, well,
0: speaking of which, Tone, players who have played for Geelong and then ended up at Carlton, Adrian Hickmont comes to mind. Great Absolutely player. And fantastic player. Great
1: player, Hickey. And, and his son has been touted, one of his sons has oh, really? as, a, as a potential draftee. Uh, yeah. I think he's eligible for this year's national draft. So I suspect Carlton will be in a position to uh, nominate Hickey's boy as a f- potential father-son if they go that way. Great. Um Mario Bortolotto is yeah. another classic example. David Clark um, uh, was a great player for Geelong and um, was probably as close as any man will ever get to playing the grand final. You recall him him and Mark running onto the ground yeah. on grand final day 1982, only to run up the race um, after standing for the national anthem. How cruel is that? Oh, that's... A... But, but David Clark was one of those players that that was in that horrible situation, but... That's, that is really taking one for the team, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, we've had, um, uh, you know, a lot of good players. Probably now you think of Isaac Toohey and Lockie down yeah. there in the reverse. Um, or you Mick great, Mansfield.
0: You can throw you, him in well, there. Well,
1: that's right. Yeah. If you go back further, Tone, there was a player, uh, and I mentioned Geelong being in recess in 42-43, there was a very good player for Geelong named George Neal who through that period was given special dispensation to play for Carlton. And he was a very good player for the Carbon Football Club through that period. And if memory serves, he went back to Geelong after the restriction was lifted. So, uh, wartime, fascinating period of history.
0: Yeah. Okay. Was it papal dispensation or what sort of
1: time? (laughs) I don't know if the uh, uh, ill papa's blessing was... (laughs) was conveyed on that instance, Tone, but...
0: Because um, we know the, the old dark price, navy blue... was
1: laid low uh, around about 42, 43.
0: I'd, I'd like to think the Pope at the time was wearing a, an old dark navy blue
1: jumper under the
0: vestments, Tone. <laughs> now, all right, so that is uh, game time, 7.25 Saturday
1: man. night. Saturday night, Saturday night. So um, I suspect if you're a current supporter tuning down, maybe um, if, the, if it isn't booked out, you know, grab a, grab a bunk at the... Um, Norlade Hotel or something and yeah. maybe stay overnight because it's go, it's probably going to be a late finish. Um, uh, I don't know what the weather forecast is at this stage, Tone, um, but um, yeah, it all can't support us. If you're making your way down, just be very careful. Drive safely. And let's hope, Tone, that we come yes. back with the biggies.
0: Well, exactly. The team are fired after bolt spray and after the considered um, uh, study and appraisal mm. of last week's effort. Uh, We'd love to see a contest, that's for sure. Can we also just say, I'm just going to say thank you to our producer, uh, Lucy Jamison, but also a very big thank you to Luca Ganano, who has left the club this week. Luca was instrumental in starting the Two Tones and the podcast uh, at this club about five five years ago with Lucy's brother, um, Michael Jamison, so Luca... uh, Best of luck in all endeavours. He's a great Carlton man, and thanks for all your great work.
1: Well said, Tony. Um, I think when Luca Ganano came to the club, I don't, I don't think I knew how to send an email. Yeah. Um, but he, he, he's, as you said, been uh, such a pioneer in terms of what Carlton has achieved in um, in terms of digital media. Yep. Um, he was really the brainchild of the um, Ghost of Princess Park, um, had a great empathy for, for that, and I'm grateful to him for it. Um, a great Carlton person. Yeah. Um, person who for the Blues and, um, ha, you know, has a great empathy for the it's club. He's got a
0: fantastic but, football brain just yeah, quietly.
1: Sorry to see him go, but he's that sort of fellow that will uh, acquit himself well in whatever he does. And he won't t- be totally lost to the club. He, he's told me that, you know, we'll be catching up on the concourse at uh, more than the occasional game. So, all right, good all on All the best to you, Luca.
0: Good on you, Luca. Uh, this has been The Two Tones. We will catch you next week.